0: Joining us now, he is a former 25-year PGA Tour caddy and now the founder at Golf Mastery. Andrew Leno joins us. Andrew, what's going on, my man?
1: Morning, guys. Uh, doing good, doing good. I uh, Appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, I've been enjoy listening this morning to to you guys. And uh, anyway, just getting the day going. Actually headed out to uh, the uh, Portland Golf Show here over in Portland, Oregon uh, later today.
0: I, I think we live in the Northwest here in the Charlotte area with all the rain that we've been having going on uh, yep. in the last four or five months. But, uh, you know, being out, let's let's start a little bit. I want to get something out of you. 25 years on the PGA Tour caddy, and uh, I know Maddie was a caddy out in the PGA Tour as well for a little bit. Uh, you know, all these rule changes that we've had going on, all these weird rules, things that, you know, guys dropping it from the wrong thing, Ricky's ball rolling in the water. What's one of the weirdest things, maybe rules related, that you ever saw in your 25 years out in the PGA Tour?
1: Well, um, for me, it was seeing—I um, mean, another caddy get hit <laughs> by his own player's ball. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the creeds out there, to be honest with you, is is a couple things. You hope you never got hit by your player and uh, the second thing was is that you didn't ever have your pro hit a wrong ball. So I was lucky enough to be able to achieve that in my 25 years. I didn't get hit. My guy never hit a wrong ball. Uh, those are kind of, you know, not really what we're talking about here. Obviously, with the rules lately, they've been in the light, which is kind of too bad. But, um, in you know, I can say on my behalf that, I would write up to snuff with the current rules while I was caddying, and was always there to help my pro with them.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, as you go through the years and uh, and all the different things that you got to do out there, um, you know, how does how does the the caddy really help the player? You know, we, we, we saw the whole thing with Matt Kuchar and and L2Can and uh, um, all that all that stuff. Uh, you know, how. People say, well, you know, how important are the caddies really? I mean, I'm sure you have a, a pretty strong opinion of that. I know Maddie does. Uh, just, you know, what do you guys do for the players, you know, shot after shot after shot? You know, it's, it's coach, it's cheerleader, it's distractor. It's all those things rolled into one, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, you nailed it. But, you know, what people forget is, you know, the, our job starts early in the week. You know, my routine was that I got to the course wherever we were playing the venue and I reviewed it. I went out, sized the place up, took my notes, made sure that all my information that I have to provide for my pro was ready to go come Thursday. And obviously every week you have plenty of time to do that. You generally get there on a Monday, practice around on Tuesday, in some cases pro am on Wednesday. So it's it's all you know, that goes on every week and everybody obviously looks towards Thursdays and Sundays. And so that's that's the big part of it that's kind of overlooked. Because there's a lot of work done, um, you know, behind the scenes. And then once you know the tournament gets going, it's you know each player is different. You know, I had a player, Kenny Perry, for instance. You know, I gave him yard. I, I helped him with yardage. I helped him with strategy. I helped him reading greens. I and, and etc. And like I say to folks, I say you know this is really the only sport where a pro gets to have someone walking around with him out there for the entire time as, as either a consultant, as as someone to, you know, just reaffirm to him what's going on. It's very unique, as you know.
2: Yeah, Andrew, you know, I, I was out there in 76, and it was only about eight months. But but what I try to tell people about this situation with Kuchar and, and Toucan, uh, or his name is David Ortiz, but um, – I think that confuses people with a baseball player. But, it, it, you know, he doesn't understand the, the rigors of a tour caddy's life because it's 10 hours a day every single day. Uh, and I know you know that. I mean, people don't know. I mean, they get through and they hit a bad five iron, they're going to hit an hour's worth of five irons. I mean, that's what I experience. And and it's never-ending. And it's, it, it can be really exhausting to, to, to go out there with a guy that plays six or seven weeks in a row is, man, that's tough. And I know you know it is.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is a grind, and um, but it is what you chose to do. But like I always tell people, you know, the biggest excitement or the biggest push for me was, is, and obviously the goal was, at the end of the week, if you were that guy, if you were that one caddy and that pro that, that happened to take, you know, that beat all the other 144, 156, I mean, that thrill right there was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, like I always say, you know, I've been watching the PGA Tour, participating in it for, you know, some time, but watching it, you know, I've never seen a caddy hit a shot. The bottom line is the pro gets the credit. The caddy's there for him. And if he can contribute and help reassure that pro, there's a lot of money out there, as you all know. I mean, I've my putts for half a million dollars, but I never thought about the money. I just thought about the fact that my pro asked me, what's this putt doing? Right. So you're right, there's a lot rolled in, and honestly, every caddy has a different kind of a set of rules out there with their pro. It's really kind of what their pro wants from them.
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: So, so 25 years out on the PJ Tour looping it, um, talk to us a little bit, uh, you know, you're the founder of Golf Mastery. Talk to a little a little bit about the uh, coaching and the mental side of the game.
1: Yeah, well one of the things that I was able to observe, you know, besides, you know, I worked for, you know, a few folks that people have heard of. I worked for obviously Kenny Perry off and on for close to fifteen years, was able to be part of five wins with him and in a couple of presidents' cups and a Ryder cup and, and then, you know, worked for Nick Faldo one year at the at the Masters and you know, that was a thrill to work for him and picking his brain about, you know, how do you how do you play this place? And to be able to to get that kind of info and have that and be able to file that, so to speak. But it's a lot about, you know, filing, you know, information about courses. But like you said, getting back to the mental thing, it's interesting to watch how these guys all adjust to it. I remember one of the tournaments, I can't tell you which one, Kenny Perry started the golf tournament. First hole, he double bogeyed it. Well, generally, that's not going to do too good for you on the PGA Tour. These guys will run by you in the left lane, as you know. But yep. he handled it so well, and he ended up winning the golf tournament. As you know, there's 71 more holes. So my lesson out there to the juniors is don't let that get to you. Keep a level head out there. You never know when you're going to turn it around that you're going to make five or six birdies in a row. So you're right. The mental game, as we know, is a big part of it, and that's what really makes these guys great. They're They're really focused, and they honestly – have short memories.
2: <laughs> and yeah. you have to you have to in that profession. There's no question about that.
0: Go ahead, Greeny. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, from from the mental side of things too, when we talk about anger, because we've seen a lot of, we've seen Sergio Garcia go, you know, go hey. crazy in a bunker. We've seen him drag his feet on the greens and destroy five greens. We saw Bryson DeChambeau, you know, kind of bury his putter in the corner of the green the other day. Um, you know, from, a, from an anger standpoint, um, you know, some people get angry, some people... Um, you maybe sit on that anger. Others use that anger; they get it out, they let it go. I mean, we see John Rahm explode. Uh, we've seen Tiger explode. Um, you know, from from a mental standpoint, it's really about what, potentially what works best for you. I mean, if you if you want to sit on that anger and you can control that anger and you don't let it out, um, you know, we see Brooks Koepka, Dustin Johnson, they just kind of Freddie Couples. They just kind of go along and. You know, you, you can't really tell if they've just made a, 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 an eagle or a seven. So, you know, how, how do we handle the, the, the emotional side of things and, and how hard is it to control those emotions sometimes?
1: Well, you know, that, that, that's an excellent point you make and there's excellent examples you just gave there of variances of people in their, you know, emotions. And for that, you know, I always try to attribute it to the vet. I mean, regardless of how they act, some of them get excited like to get it out they're done with it they move on obviously what Sergio's doing that's unacceptable but you know I'll be honest with you I mean we've all been there in a bunker I've 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 smacked a bunker a few times like him but I I don't have anything to do with the greens I'd never do that to any of my you know players that I'm playing with but and then you got cool Freddy who you know like you said he just kind of rolls along or whatever but the. The analyzation I like to use with you know, my young players is, look, you have an 18-page book. You put, you turn to page one, that's your hole. You go and you read that page. No matter what you make, eagle, double, birdie, whatever, you're going to page two. So that gets behind you. And, and I mean, that's what the great ones do out there. They kind of maintain you know, the line and the lane the whole time, regardless of whether it's a seven or a three. Obviously, it's difficult to come overcome the seven but the people that can do that are the ones that are really going to move forward in the game and really excel.
2: I agree with that Andrew. I think I think a lot of people don't understand that those guys don't know, you know, they're so tuned in to what they're doing shot by shot that they they don't sometimes know that they have made a par or a bogey or a birdie sometimes. They just go to the next hole and try to do the best they can on the next hole. You know. Well,
1: yeah, and I remember a couple times a couple of the, you know, I was fortunate enough to witness a few course records I plugged the pin in on eighteen on on uh, one of my pro- one of the times I caddied for Kenny and I said congratulations. He goes, you know, I go, you just broke the course record. He goes, what? You're kidding me. I go, you know, I mean, it wasn't even on his mind because right. he was just doing his thing, being a pro and and do, you know trying to get the ball into the hole as fast as he can every hole. That's what they try to do, just like yeah. you and I.
2: Yeah, well I, you know, I, I know exactly what I'm shooting on every single shot. That's what probably that's probably what holds me back a little bit, Drano.
1: Yeah, well, I mean I, I mean I see you're
0: you're from New England, right?
2: I, no, I'm not. I'm, I am. I'm from I'm from Atlanta originally. I'm so. from
0: I, I'm from I'm from Massachusetts. So you're a Red Sox fan? Oh yeah.
1: How about those socks?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> love it. How about Boston sports in general? You know, so, uh, you know, that's that's oh, the man, that's yeah. the big thing. It's
1: been fun lately. But, you All know, right, when, uh, you know, I grew it, up in Maine, Portland, Maine. So, you know, I was born there. And now, ironically, I live right outside of Portland, Oregon, actually, Vancouver, Washington. So couldn't be any further away. But I can tell you, there's a lot of Sox fans out here, too.
2: Well, I'll tell you, being from Atlanta, you know, I don't get to watch winners from Atlanta a whole lot. But I've always said that Boston's the best sports town in this country, for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, the people in L.A. don't really like hearing that. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what those people think.
0: <laughs> so, Andrew, uh, one other thing I want you to talk about is the the Leno Family Foundation. Um, you know, providing scholarships. Give us a, a little uh, heads up on that as well.
1: Yes. Well. uh... uh Six uh, six years ago, um, my uh, brothers, my brother John, and my two sisters, Melody and Maureen, we did, we started uh, the Leno Family Foundation, uh, which is um, out of Portland, Maine, and we did this in honor of my dad, Andrew Leno, who was one of the better athletes there at the um, at the local high school, Portland High School. So we decided to create um, an award that is uh, administered by the. Uh, Portland High School, the coaches, the AD, principal, etc. We created a criteria. And so we give an award annually. We're going into our seventh year now here coming up here in May will be our seventh year. We award a $10,000 scholarship in my dad's honor for secondary education for, you know, and, you know, our main mission is investing in the future of student athletes. I mean, my dad played all three sports. He was captain of all three of his his teams, football, basketball, and baseball, he actually was drafted um, by the Cleveland Indians and got to double-A baseball. And then he took golf up late in life, actually, for him. And then he turned me on to golf. He threw a plastic club, in my, or I shouldn't say threw, but he gave me a plastic club when I was three years old and just threw the ball down and the plastic ball, you know, the club down. And that's how it started for me, and I'm sure that's how it started for a lot of the listeners but anyway, we're, we're thrilled to be able to give that scholarship in his honor, as well as you know we help supplement the Boys Club, Boys and Girls Club. We help with their youth basketball program, the same Boys Club that my dad was at 75 years ago. Wow. Same, cause there's pictures on the wall of, of them over there. And then we also help with the Maine State Golf Association, give a $1,500 scholarship for secondary education with them. So we're 100% volunteered, 501c3. Non, you know, public charity, and you know, we're really thrilled to be able to do that. I'm thankful for our great board of directors and, and my two sisters, Melody, Maureen, and my brother John, for uh, doing that every year.
0: Well, Andrew, man, we really appreciate you coming on with us and uh, talking a little bit about uh, you know golf mastery, the mental side of the game, uh, about your experiences out on the PJ Tour and caddying, and about the foundation.
1: I really, I really appreciate it, and um, you know, as for the golf mastery, if folks get a chance and they can. Go over to www.golfmastery.net. Um, my site will be launching, and there's lots more information there about what I'm offering here um, uh, moving forward. I really appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the show, and, and I'm going to be tuning in now.
2: All right. Thanks a lot, thanks, man. Andrew.
1: Thank you.